0: Enormous change. Heineken started like uh, three years ago to make Heineken the best digital brewer of the world. To be agile enough to act and react on developments in markets, uh, you need to have your data at your fingertips to be able to drive changes.
1: Welcome to Data and AI Talks podcast, your guide to the latest in big data and the artificial intelligence industry. Join us as we interview top experts in the field and explore the upcoming world of technology. Tune in and let's talk. Welcome to Data and AI Talks. Today, we're going to talk about the data journey of one of the most well-known brands in the world, Heineken. So if you like beer or if you like to hear what struggles they had with getting to be a data-driven organization, listen further. If you're watching now, please do me a small favor and subscribe to our channel. This helps us really a lot. My name is Vincent Spruit, and with me is Arend-Jan Nijhuis. Welcome arend John. Hi
0: Vincent, thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for being here. And um, just to give a, a little bit of an introduction about you, you recently finished a big multiple year project for Heineken to create uh, data-driven insights on a global scale. But before we get into it, you have a very impressive background as well. So let me tell a little bit about that. I think you have been working in data and BI for over 30 years. Maybe the first 10 years uh, building models and doing advanced analysis and the last 20 years more focused on project and program management and also as a consultant.
0: Yes, indeed. uh, That's right.
1: I I saw in LinkedIn, uh, just quickly peek there, but I saw that you worked for over 10 uh, very big names, big companies and... You have been working, for example, for the Dutch tax office, where you help building a cutting edge data fundament for their analytics. What is it that's not in your CV that people should know about you? And what is something that you like to share? Well, the thing is, uh,
0: when I was a young guy, I, uh, I was invited after a training camp to the Dutch national ski team. But my dad never told me. So I'm still a good skier. But I would have loved to uh, do some uh, competition. Uh, on. The you stops. would have
1: been a professional athlete, but then we would have missed you in the data world. It would have been SCD. a pity.
0: Yeah, or then it would have started a little later, maybe.
1: Uh, maybe. Yeah, well, I'm happy that your dad uh, got you into uh, this field. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. First of all, we're going to be talking about Heineken. You just finished the project, and I think it's uh, a we're, major we're still,
0: project. We're still finalizing, so it, oh, it will cool. run into the next year a bit as well. But uh, then again, it started uh, three years ago and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a deployment and uh, across the globe for all of the operating companies uh, of Heineken. So we, we rolled out a data analytics platform uh, towards uh, 72 operating companies, as we call them, including uh, uh, an environment for uh, data management, data governance, uh, data quality, and data lineage. And based on these two, uh, the the technical platform and all of these um, uh, capabilities, we're now able within Heineken to also uh, deploy standardized advanced analytics models across the globe.
1: Okay. So it, it took three years. It's a very big program. What are some of the concrete benefits that Heineken has right now that they couldn't have done without this program?
0: Well, there's, there's of course, a business case behind this, because since we now standardize on technology, none of the individual opcos is buying tools and technology on their own. So you have a, a bargaining benefit. Uh, Heineken decided uh, to have two main technical suppliers. So that's on one hand, SAP, on the other hand. Uh, Microsoft. uh, And that's also uh, to balance uh, negotiation uh, uh, activities in that. Uh, So everything which is uh, focused on financial uh, supply ERP data is uh, deployed in uh, SAP, SAP HANA, BW environments, and everything which is non-SAP related, uh, like uh, Salesforce or uh, market research, uh, things like that. It's all uh, deployed on the Azure platform. And uh, due to a very interesting focus on data architecture, there is
1: uh,
0: alignment between these two platforms and capabilities to integrate.
1: So, what you build is basically the alignment between these uh, platforms. So, when we think about Heineken, uh, or me, I'm thinking about beers and getting insight, maybe in the, the sales, and, but there's so much more to it, right? So, can you tell me what kind of data are we talking about?
0: We're talking about all the data that Heineken has within the organization, except for personal sensitive data, but for the rest, everything which has to do with purchasing, with finance, with production, with logistics, with sales, with marketing, all of the data Heineken has is on this
1: uh,
0: analytical enablement platform.
1: So I, I would say, you, I think you said 72 countries. Yes. Well, it's, it is, uh, uh,
0: it's, it's not... Exactly countries, for example, uh, I rolled out Heineken USA, but Lagunitas is a brewery also in the USA. So we have two opcos within the US and uh, in Italy, there are two Heineken organizations. So two opcos in Italy, in the, in the Netherlands, the same. It's, it's to 72 operating companies. So they yeah, it's sometimes not exactly the same as countries.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I understand. So that must be a big operation. I can imagine usually when you do an international uh, operation like this, there's always countries who might not want to do change. They don't see the benefits. How did you get everyone to cooperate here?
0: Well, this is part of a large operation Heineken is uh, investing in across the globe. It's a program. It's an enormous change. Heineken started like uh, three years ago to make Heineken the best digital brewer of the world. That's the ambition. And did it work? It's working, yeah, because we're, we're having tremendous successes in uh, getting the technology uh, rolled out, deploying the data into uh, the diff- all the different uh, operating companies. Uh, there is sort of a, a structure to make sure all of the data is centralized, replicated, standardized, together with all of these uh, data management, data governance tooling. It's also manageable on this uh, entire platform, so each report that is now being used can be traced, the data can be traced back to the data warehouse into the operational ERP systems. So there's complete data lineage for each data item within Heineken from report into the operation. And therefore it's also uh, possible to upgrade the quality of all of this data and, uh, and roll out the ownership. But there's a big challenge because you need to have business owners on all of these data items. And that's still an ongoing process.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I think this is the dream for most organizations to have really have all your data organized and accessible and that you can actually start doing stuff with it. So you're saying now Heineken is there or almost there where they truly are uh, a data-driven organization. Yeah, all capabilities now
0: have been rolled out and we're still in the process of implementing, you could say.
1: So. I know a lot of other organizations are also uh, trying to get there, and there's many different challenges along the way. What would you say were some of the biggest that you were facing with the project? Since it's a combination of centralized technology
0: delivery and localized configuration, uh, it was necessary to have for each operating company technically savvy people in those countries to help them in their migration process. And uh, there was a huge difference between all of these operating companies. You have to see that, for example, uh, I worked with Egypt, where Egypt had like one person responsible for data analytics, one person responsible for the data management and data governance, and they needed to arrange everything. Whereas I worked as well with uh, Mexico, who had a SAP team of 30 people, And an Azure team of 10 people, for example. So uh, there are huge differences between all of these uh, operating companies. And some of these companies, they had knowledge savvy people uh, who did all of this on their own. And other operating companies really needed to have a third party. I've been working with Jamaica, for example. And uh, there we had a local digital and technology manager, project manager. and, And one guy as a data engineer from an external party that built all of the data flows to make sure that all the data get in from the centralized ERP systems into their data warehouse and uh, into the reports. So it's a huge differences between sizing of teams, sizing of countries, and getting uh, knowledgeable people to work with all of these operating companies. Would, yeah, would we you say that
1: that was one of the key elements to making it work? Because I hear about Data Mesh, where you say data has to be arranged more decentralized. So every department or every opco in this case uh, should have a data technical uh, savvy person that can help you and can basically well, be your learner.
0: Actually, Heineken does not work according to the data mesh principle. It okay. works according to the data lake principle. So all the data is gathered and then brought in a centralized data lake. And from this data lake, all the data pipelines are being built to fill all of their existing reporting needs and build further on uh, also the uh, the new and advanced analytics part. But the knowledge sharing part was really important to get people on, on boarded to help all of these operating companies. And the third step, which is now being rolled out to a lot of operating companies, is uh, through the availability of the platform, the data, and all of the data management tools, now they In each country can make a start of using advanced analytical models through a standardized way so we have a global team supporting all of the countries all of the opcos where you can make a start with a model that's already built and then it can be tuned and learned for each operating company to get the the specifics of that opco uh, into the models
1: how did you get all the opcos to cooperate yeah
0: that that was because it's, it, it, it's part of this huge transformation program uh, within Heineken. It's in my LinkedIn profile.
1: But there's a C-level, it came straight from the CEO and they Absolutely. were involved. Everyone yeah. was backing up this program and that was probably one of the key successes, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, this, this program has like 25 streams where this data prime analytical enablement platform was one. So they're in, in the same time, Heineken is doing 25 huge programs across the globe. Wow. And that interacts and makes Heineken the best connected brewer of the world.
1: So why do you think this was necessary to, to be done? Why do you need to be a digital brewery? I mean, we can just drink a beer and everything is, is good. But why was yeah. this necessary? Why did you make such a big investment as Heineken?
0: I think in the current digital world, the way you do business, the way you do an order process, the way you do planning, Everything has developed in the past 20, 30 years into being digitally driven. The entire production, sales, marketing, all these processes are driven by data. And uh, to be able to, uh, to compete in current markets, it's necessary to have all of your data available. To be, uh, to be able to, to be agile enough to act and react on developments in markets, uh, you need to have your data at your fingertips to be able to drive changes to uh, to make decisions.
1: Yeah. That's what all of this is for. So you can make a better decision from management perspective but you can also probably serve your customers better by giving them more uh, personalized experiences and yeah I think efficiency like if you know the data better I think you can get efficiency over on large scale, or you can learn from, uh, one APCO can learn from another.
0: Yeah. It's, and, and it's, uh, in fact, it, it is on all the functional areas. So uh, what I mentioned earlier, it is purchasing information on glass and cans. It is production across the globe. When in Brazil, they have uh, some a volume, which is extra and in the U S they need it, then uh, during the process, they can make sure that the right volumes get to the right markets uh, and make sure that the entire globe gets served. So there's also uh, like market process between countries that also is being fed by data.
1: Okay, and if you look back, what is the biggest lesson learned?
0: Although we are working with, let's say centralized technology, local ownership is really important. Local ownership to make sure that each operating company itself takes the responsibility for their environments, their data, their infrastructure, their setup, their their, their reports. You always need local ownership.
1: And, and what kind of guidelines did you give them? Do you have a, a specific data governance, or was there some kind of well? You could mix? say that
0: in the uh, in the setup of the entire structure, there there was a architectural design. With guardrails. So within these guardrails, the operating company could arrange everything they wanted, but it was within the target architecture as designed. So there was a target architecture, and based on this architecture, the operating companies have their freedom to deploy, configure, uh, make use of the data, the reports they needed, but it was within these principles, the target architecture principles. And I think specifically in such a large organization architectural principles are really important
1: so start with the basics start by setting a structure where everybody can work from if you would give recommendations to another international organization that is also uh, busy with getting more data driven what would you tell them what what kind of tip would you give them
0: well this architectural environment is really important but then again to to get to the knowledge that you see what are differences between like structurally automated data flow processes or one-offs where you have a specific question. There's a huge difference on how you develop your technical environment for that. But I would say start with a few business cases to learn and during that process, develop your target architecture. And that's what also my learning from uh, what you mentioned in uh, Dutch taxes, uh, but also in other environments in banking, in insurance, in oil industry, in fast-moving consumer goods. You need to have a a real vision on what to do with your data. And based on that, you build your target architecture, and then you need to uh, make sure that that's uh, across all the technical levels. You have uh, infrastructural, data applications, analytics, uh, and and be consistent in that. And uh, what I learned from past few years, let's say past six, seven years in building these data environments in larger organizations. Having a real focus on the role of
1: data architecture is very important, especially in large organizations so but having the structure in place and architecture is one thing, but also you're saying is don 't just start theoretically, start by actually practicing it in a smaller environment and see how it works
0: yes and then and and then make it grow because. You learn by working. Uh, data and analytics is a multidisciplinary uh, work. Uh, work with smaller teams, uh, max uh, the agile principles, uh, 7 to 9, sizing, built from real technical to uh, involving business users. You need the data engineer. You need the data scientist. You, be, you need report builders, uh, analytical translator, someone with a real business sense who knows his market. Hey, we have this bump in the data. Why was that, oh, then we had this action? you need all of these uh, multidisciplinary capabilities to build up the knowledge uh, how to set up your environments and your and your data and your structures
1: and and where which uh place should you start because I can imagine there are so many different departments or in your case up coast to choose from how How do you pick the test case? what
0: I used to do in the past years, but that's maybe because of my context and background huh? I grew up in the area of bi crm e-commerce and seven years fast moving consumer goods is you start with the end in mind with the customer perspective how do we serve a customer better find a customer serving process and optimize that process towards your customer and, and from that perspective then you then you, then you go back into your organization where is all of this data coming from is it coming from the commercial systems from channels from products, from production, from finance, from logistics. So start with a customer focus when you start building uh, your use cases.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. I have one completely different question, actually. This is the last one, but, um, I saw on your LinkedIn that you have the background with all these books. What was the, maybe the the biggest book or the best book that you, uh, read this year and what was your lesson from it or why would you recommend Mm -hmm. it to others?
0: Okay, I I can explain a little bit about that, because I used to be a, uh, how do you call it, a board member of PIM, Platform for Innovative Marketing. And 20 years ago, we invented the Marketing Literature Prize in the Netherlands. So uh, at the end of this month, we're having the 20th anniversary award-winning situation. So... Yeah, therefore, I, I'm still, I'm not active near, uh, within this, this board any longer, but still a jury member of this literature prize. And um, one of the books in that selection for this year is a book about leadership, which I love very much. It's about the customer leader. Can you show sure? uh, it? Yeah, it's it's this one it's, uh, written by uh, two professors, uh, one from Tia's business mm-hmm. school and one from uh, Rudy Moonhardt and Henri Robbe from Nairode and this is a book I really liked I'm, I'm not going to tell about the price uh, because that's uh, going to be done uh, the, on the 28th of November uh, still coming I like it book very much because uh, it provides a holistic approach on how you can drive customer leadership from an academical background and in combination with all kinds of practical uh, activities. And then since we're uh, having this conversation about organizations being data driven, I don't know the year anymore, but this book was a winner of, I think, seven years ago. Which book is that? This creating value with big data analytics. Yeah. It's written by Peter Verhoef, Etienne Koch and Natasha Walk. It's uh, available in uh, Dutch and English. And I think this is one of the best books. Uh, on the subject matter we just discussed ever written and this one this prize uh, like I think seven years ago
1: wow thank you so much I will make sure to note both books in the the comments below so that people can find them thank you very much for your time I would like to ask again to all the subscribers or to people watching to subscribe to become a subscriber thank you and to the next time bye bye